Hi, I'm Spencer Lodge and welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast in partnership with Najahi. Yay! Okay, so the Spencer Lodge podcast is sponsored by Najahi, which is a world-class um, events uh, organizer here in the UAE. They bring motivational speakers and leaders here into this country so that people from the UAE can benefit from this experience from around the world. Nonetheless, than the rock star, the amazing Tony Robbins, who's coming very soon on September the 3rd, along with Alicia Keys to talk about motivation and Prince EA. This is going to be an event you won't want to miss. So if you haven't got tickets for it yet, make sure you do. Right, back to the podcast. Let's think about this for a second. How does it go? I talk about the podcast, I talk about why I do the podcast, I explain what the podcast is for, I introduce the guest, and then we crack on with it. So let me cut that all out because you know me by now. Today's guest, the awesome Abdullah Al-Ajaji, who's a Saudi national, the CEO of Driven Properties. Nobody like Abdullah is like anything you've seen in the real estate industry. He just doesn't fit the mold, but by golly, by gosh, is he doing something fantastic. So I ask him all about his career, his life, his upbringing and whatnot in Saudi Arabia, why he came over here. But anyway, let's cut all that. Let's cue to the music, get on and enjoy it, and let me know what you think afterwards. I'll see you soon. I, I'm really happy that you've made the time and I'm really glad that I've got a chance now to grab you and pick your brain and learn all about you. But Abdullah, you're the CEO of Driven Properties. Yeah. You bet you're so much more, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's great to be here. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me, uh, Spencer. Uh, always great to catch up with, uh, with yourself. Uh, you've, you've been a, you know, an, an icon in this industry and in other industries as well, in startups as well. So um, it's, it's always great to, to pick your brains as well uh, in, in certain topics. So. Thanks for coming on, man. Okay, so for the benefit of the audience, who the hell are you? Okay, okay. one minute to tell everyone who you are. All right, one minute is, is more than enough. Um, so I, uh, I grew up in Saudi um, until uh, just after high school where I went to the U.S. to study. Uh, to, I went first to Louisiana, Baton Rouge, um, then I moved to uh, Pennsylvania um, where I studied, uh, I did a double major in computer engineering and economics. I was sponsored by Saudi Aramco, which is the, the uh, largest uh, uh, company, well, arguably the largest company in the world in terms of, of what it could be worth when it's listed soon, um, but certainly the largest oil company in the world. Um, and uh, uh, so I worked, so when I, when I graduated, I worked with Saudi Aramco as part of my sponsorship program. Um, uh, so worked there for about four years in uh, the corporate planning and, and asset management divisions uh, and its treasury. Uh, I then moved to, uh, to the Saudi American Bank, which is the Saudi version of Citibank, um, for about a year and a half. I then moved to Dubai, where I worked with uh, a subsidiary of UBS, the, uh, the, the Swiss bank for about four years in private equity and, and uh, hedge fund management. Um, by luck or coincidence, or whatever you, you may call it, and uh, just about 2000 and, uh, end of 2012 or early 2013, I got into real estate and, and Driven Properties was born. Uh, so that's in a nutshell uh, about me. Okay, so did you are, you, are you one of these guys that had a kind of privileged upbringing? Do you have wealthy parents? Did you? No, no, I uh, definitely not. Um, my my uh, parents uh, had uh, uh, very humble beginnings as well. My father uh, worked at the government uh, in Saudi. Uh, he uh, uh, he was uh, a consultant to the then 
uh, Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, which was uh, Prince Abdullah, then he became king. He's, he's the late King Abdullah, which was the king before the, the uh, uh, existing king. Um, my mother was a teacher at university, uh, at the King Saud University. Um, so she taught uh, uh, human resources uh, at, at uni. And um, yeah, I, I uh, but they, they, they my, my parents had values, so they, uh, they, they took me to the best schools in, in Saudi. They ensured that I go to summer school in the U.S. every summer since I was eight years old. Really? Uh, yeah, so, so every summer we would go to the U.S. on holiday. Um, I would go to summer school. You know, I, I learned C++ since I was eight or nine years old and <laughs> computer programming. Uh, I got obsessed with that. That's why I got into computer engineering. Um, but funny how the world, you know, reacts to these things. So, you know, you, you like computers, you like computer science and computer engineering, and then, um, you know, somehow you're, you're, uh, uh, you end up in, in banking and real estate. Um, and that's something that I also kind of uh, developed at the time when I was at university, where, again, I was studying computer engineering in the beginning, and then one year on, I got obsessed with financial markets. That was around 1999, 2000. So remember the dot-com mm. uh, bubble at the time. So there was a lot of buzz in financial markets. I was like, okay, I want to learn more of that. So I got into economics. Um, and then I, I studied for the, the CFA. And then I got into, into the, uh, the banking industry and the financial world. And uh, uh, yeah, so in terms of... of uh, uh, values that I think that's what uh, uh, they ensured that I go to the best schools. Me and my my uh, brothers. I have two brothers and two sisters, um, and uh, uh, all of us, you know, almost. Uh, I think all of us went either to the U.S. or to to the U.K. for uh, uh, for studies. My youngest sister just graduated from NYU and she's doing her masters in Colombia now, um, and we're very proud. She's the president of the. Uh, vegan association and NYU, which is wow. uh, and, and, and for a Saudi uh, uh, girl, that's that's something you you have to and, and NYU and New York yeah, University, great university it's, it's, yeah. uh, um, and she was on the dean's list. So uh, so yeah, they, my my parents always invested in, in us and uh, um, in, in our study studying and our and, and, and how we can accomplish. Uh, that's part of why I actually you know when when Saudi Aramco decides to sponsor. Uh, uh, students uh, to to study in the U.S. They pick 150 students out of you know all of Saudi Arabia, all of the applicants in Saudi Arabia. And that's thousands and thousands of people. Uh, so because I, um, uh, you know, I, I was invested in from from my parents, I, I you know I got that privilege. I got sponsored. I went to to study in the U.S. all at Saudi Aramco's expense. Uh, I paid that back by working for them for about four years. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and uh, that's that's kind of my story. So when when you think about your career in the early stages, you were working for corporates, and, yeah. and, and there wasn't you know an entrepreneurial aspect to any of those things. It was no. like you know working in a, a big conglomerate, a kind of I, I would argue almost a safe environment Absolutely. by the by comparison to the the roller coaster that goes with being an entrepreneur yeah, and owning yeah. your own business. Yeah. When, and that, that's for a lot of people. That's a very, very big jump to go from that security of corporate into setting up your own company. Yeah. T tell me how it started for you when you set Driven Properties up. T tell me kind of like where the idea came from and when you made the jump, how it felt. Okay, I'll, I'll take a step back. Uh, before Driven Properties, I had a I had a venture as well uh, that that uh, that failed. 
in, in Saudi. So uh, when I was at Saudi Aramco, I had kind of a sidekick project where I created an F&B brand um, where we, we, uh, uh, we created a few restaurants in, in the eastern province of Saudi. Uh, we were servicing universities and, and um, uh, you know, and the young generation. So we had a, a, a burger joint called Burger Joint. Uh, and Did you really? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we had three branches of that. We had a coffee shop uh, and we had a fast food joint called Graffiti. Um, and that went on for about uh, four years. Um, uh, a lot of investment, a lot of time as well. Uh, we've we've recruited great talent in Saudi Arabia, but for uh, the the uh, the right reasons, I think uh, that didn't work out. Um, and massive lessons uh, from from that venture. So yes, I've been in the corporate world, but at the same time, uh, I tested the entrepreneurial uh, spirit uh, prior to to starting Driven, and I think that's one of the biggest motivations that I had. That you know. You, you fall, uh, but you, you, okay, you learn a lot of things from that. Hold on, hold on. Did you lose money? Oh, yeah, yeah. I lost a lot of money. I lost uh, money and time. time. For me, money is one thing, but time is, is, uh, is, is, is essential in, in these times. Um, and that was when we started um, our, our venture. That was uh, just before the 2008-2009 crash. That has nothing to do with why it failed because um, it's a consumer uh, mm -hmm. uh, staples kind of business. Um, but uh, uh, there was a lot of opportunity during that time where that time could have been deployed differently. However, uh, nothing to, to, uh, uh, to hide from the fact that this has been a f an amazing experience for me. Uh, it taught me how to deal with people in terms of organizational behavior, um, uh, HR lessons, um, you know, uh, strategic lessons, how you, uh, as, as a manager, how you uh, lead and, and, uh, uh, and also how, to f how you focus, mm. how you target and how you address your competition. Um, you know, we, we, we were a premium brand and, uh, as, you know, a, a, another burger joint opened just next to us, literally the ne next door shop, they were selling burgers for half our price and they're just as good, you know, in terms of, of maybe not the same, they don't have the same source of beef, uh, but, but it, uh, in terms of, of how it tasted, it tastes, you know, I used to go there from time to time. I, w I used to hide and, and take a burger from there and go home and <laughs> eat it just because it, it, was, it was cheaper as well. So, so it taught me a lot of lessons. Was that, was that a partnership or was that you and Yeah, your no, no, it was a partnership. We were actually over uh, 17 or 18 shareholders. So in the beginning, we were four and then we continued to raise money to, to expand our business. Um, and, you know, and, and uh, uh, by the end of it all, we were, we were 17 or 18 shareholders. And, and, and the, f the original four you're still friends with? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. One of, my, one of my, yeah, yeah, one of my, they're all, they're all uh, 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 Saudi Aramco uh, uh, mates of mine. So we, we used, we're, we were colleagues at, at Saudi Aramco. So we, we worked together in corporate planning or asset management or different departments within the firm, or we were university uh, friends. So, uh, so yeah, we're still. But friends. often, often yeah. in business, yeah. you go into partnership or you go into a small group. You get group of you get together to start a business, yeah. and it goes wrong. Yeah. The typical story is we all kind of fell out, and we fell out over various reasons. Because at the time of something going wrong, mm -hmm. uh, what we do naturally is we start assessing and pointing fingers yeah. and holding certain people accountable for certain things. Yeah, you can do that. You can, but it's not. It's not how you're gonna. You're gonna um, assess your your future and how you're going to to succeed in the future. Because, you know, pointing fingers is one thing. What matters is 
uh, several things went wrong and uh, um, you know everyone is responsible for that it's not one person or two or three uh, everyone's responsible for it um, uh, in the same degree um, and so there is there is um, absolutely nothing we can we can uh, if, if we start pointing fingers and, and you know it was your fault you did this you did that um, that's not going to change the outcome right so okay so you spent a load of money you've yeah. lost money you've lost time but you've had a great learning experience as you've yeah. gone through it yeah. and then okay that gave you the the kind of bug it gave you the flavor it gave you the excitement of of, of that what it feels like to do stuff like 100%. that 100 percent. it was it was an amazing experience it, it gave me the you know uh, it, it made me uh think of okay this is something that that i enjoyed i enjoyed running a business i enjoyed being part of you know uh, uh, recruiting people and and dealing with people and uh, uh, leading by example, I enjoyed that. And and even when I left, the, you know, when when that didn't work out, um, I went to to a subsidiary of UBS, which is, you know, which is kind of a, a partnership as well. So uh, it it was a, a, I would say a um, a cornerstone or a milestone towards you know being a real entrepreneur because. I spent four or five years there in, in, a, in, in, uh, in a private equity division uh, where we, were, we would go out and source deals, uh, work with companies to buy out uh, 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 chunks of these companies, and then post buyout, we would work with, with, uh, with the company's uh, board and, and executive committee to make strategic decisions in, in favor of the company, whether it's balance sheet management or operational efficiency or whatever that may be that will enhance the profitability on the top line of the company so we would work with with these companies you know very uh, very closely and that gave me a lot more exposure on on how companies work in different industries so we worked with a telecom company a cement company a an automatic doors company uh, an fnb company you know uh, we we worked in in various various uh, industries a plastic pipes company you name it you know and, and with all of these industries you have different styles of management you have different you know uh, logistics operations within these companies uh, you have a different <coughs> kind of financial uh, uh, backgrounds of, of you know how they operate whether they would have a CFO or just an accountant or maybe even a junior accountant for conglomerates so you know it, it's an eye-opener for you of okay this is wrong this is right and you know this company are doing this thing right and this company is doing this right if, if we do you know the right things in, in all of these companies all of these companies will, will succeed so uh, you know we, we learned from the experiences of all of the companies and all of the corporates in each of the sectors that we worked in and that that also opened my eyes towards okay well now i know how a business should be run you know i know how uh, uh the the organizational behavior uh, uh should be i know what corporate development uh, uh is about i know what what uh, uh you know how how uh, uh you can you can structure your balance sheet so that you can you can uh, uh work on on economies of scale and in, 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 in different sectors um and that that opened my eyes then you know but after that, it, it, uh, uh, I didn't decide to get into real estate because I thought because I, none of these companies that I worked with was was real estate related. The only thing that's real estate related that we worked on is a development in London, <coughs> a small development in London. Um, but uh, um, uh, you know the, the, how I got in, 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 into real estate was was also was was by chance. And then when I when I uh, thought you know it's it's uh, it's something that I like and I, I enjoyed. 
I, I used the, the, um, uh, the methods that I learned towards this sector. And I think that's part of, of why it's successful. Hmm. So you say it happened by chance? It's absolutely. Come on then. Okay. How does it, how does, how does it? So I'll, I'll tell you, well, uh, while I was in, in banking, um, it's, uh, I was, I was uh, uh, mandated uh, by one of our, uh, because we had two divisions. One is the private equity, which I was working on, and one is the advisory. So one of our major shareholders, who was Saudi as well, um, told me, look, I'm, I'm, as a favor, I'm buying a, a building in Dubai, in JBR, um, and I want you to do a, a kind of a feasibility for me on, on whether I should purchase that or not. It's been offered to me. Um, so, and that was given to the advisory team, but he asked me since he knew me within, within the firm. So uh, I went to the advisory team and I was like, okay, can I look at this? Can I, can I uh, um, have a look? I'm like, okay, uh, this, is the, this is the deal, this is the structure, etc. As I was doing that, um, I got you know, very interested in the details of, of the transaction and, and, and how it unfolded. Remember, this is in 2010 almost, when, mm -hmm. when this all started. Uh, uh, or, or late 2010, early 2011, um, and and you know we assisted him in the in the transaction. The feasibility ended up buying the property, um, and then one year later, I was at his farm in Saudi, and I was asking him, you know, uh, how how's it going with that building that you bought? Like you know, uh, but I haven't thought of what I'm going to do with it. You know, he bought it from Dubai Properties. It's hundreds of millions, and and. Uh, uh, it was a great time to, to be in that market uh, and, you know, to, to buy something of, of that magnitude. Uh, so he was like, why don't you help me find, his, his style is, okay, I don't want to worry about it. You know, find me someone that can rent the full building and, uh, and uh, rent it out from me and they can, you know, uh, do whatever they want, whether they can operate it as a hotel apartment, it was fully furnished. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try to use some contacts to... Uh, so I tried to, to look at, at different offers, so I, you know, maybe six months later, I presented him with three offers that, uh, uh, that are interested, but interesting, but then when I looked, dig deeper to, to these, and he accepted one of them, which is the, the, the best one, so when I digged, I was like, okay, um, uh, this looks good, but then these guys, excuse my language, are, are, are taking the piss, you know, they're, 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 they're uh, you know, yes, it's a good yield to the investor, but in today's market, a year and a half after the, the purchase, it's not, it's not where the market is. So I, I, I digged even deeper. Um, at the time, there was a company called Smith & Ken um, uh, Real Estate, which I asked them to also help me with, with, uh, with uh, uh, the kind of the rentals feasibility. Um, so they looked at the rentals and I looked at the, I was like, okay, there is a big gap between what this guy is offering and what I can, you know, we can rent these apartments for uh, individually. Um, and the gap was anywhere between 40 and 50%. It's not small. Um, so, uh, so I went back to him about four months later uh, with, with, uh, with guts. Uh, so I, I told him, look, you know, this is the best offer. Um, if you want, I can match it. I can even uh, uh, go up a little bit. I didn't have, you know, 16 or 18 million in, in my pocket at the time <laughs> to, to commit to, to to renting a building for for that long. But uh, but it, it did take a lot of guts, and and uh, I told them we'll commit to this. Um, we will we will go ahead with uh, um, with with uh, with taking on the building uh, as me as as Abdullah. So we created a company which is not driven at the time. Uh, uh, which which is just purely uh, focusing on that particular asset. 
Um, so we rented this building from him on a 10-year lease. Um, now it's 20, so we extended 10 years. So it would, uh, you, know, you can tell it was, it was a great success for us. Um, so we, we agreed the 10-year lease at the time. Uh, we, we, uh, we brought in two or three brokerage companies uh, to, to run the apartments. We had a five-month grace period. We almost got at 80-90% occupancy within three months. Um, so, and, and, uh, and, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every bit of this, all of these five months where we had the grace period. I had to run around. I had to make sure that I run these apartments so that I have the cash, so that I can service my, my uh, uh, commitment to, to my client, uh, to the landlord. And uh, every bit of it was, was fun. And uh, that's when I decided, okay, uh, that's for me. That's, that's where I want to be. Uh, that's what I want to be doing. And, and with the interaction with brokers as well, <laughs> It, uh, it made me think that, yeah, this is something that, that's, uh, that I enjoyed working with. I enjoyed working with these guys. They're hustlers, um, and, uh, and that's, what, that's what I wanted to, uh, to do Smith more and of. Ken is Ben... Benji Smith? Uh, ben Smith, yes. Ben Smith, yes, yeah. yes correct. He used to yeah. work for me before he set that company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, well they, were, they, they did a great job, I have to say, at the time. Uh, I, I don't know why they, they, uh, they shut down, but... Uh, uh, but with that particular opportunity, uh, they helped out a lot, and and uh, and it was uh, it was a good. It's interesting how you say it was fun. It was kind of like you, you, every part of the journey was. It was it was a lot of fun. How long ago was that? That was two mid two thousand twelve. So that was so, like seven, so seven years, years ago. So you were in your early thirties. Yeah, yeah. So you so again, exactly. the, the energy that goes with that is is fun as well. Yeah. Okay, when you. When you look at the real estate industry here in the UAE, mm -hmm. okay, you know that I uh, am exposed to yeah. quite a few of these companies. Uh, what do you see wrong with it? Well, um, uh, for sure, one thing that I, I see is, is it, it's, uh, it's oversupplied in, in, um, in terms of, if, if we look at the brokerage market, it's certainly oversupplied. That needs consolidation for sure. Uh, it's not innovative enough as well. So we have, uh, uh, there is room for con either consolidation or, or innovation. Uh, if you look at the, the uh, uh, developers, they've already started consolidation at, at a massive scale. Um, if you look at uh, even banks started consolidating. Um, so it's only normal or natural for, for smaller mom and pop shops or operators uh, to, to, uh, to consolidate uh, and, to, and to bigger players that can survive a, a uh, a more aggressive market because right now it's 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 much it becoming it's becoming much more difficult to to uh, uh, not only to to attract but also to convert uh, um, opportunities. So what I mean, uh, if if you if you ask me in, in specific what's uh, wrong, there is nothing wrong about it. Uh, if you if you're doing everything right, if you're if you have the right focus, if you have the right strategy, uh, you're bound to succeed. Um, if you if if you know, if, if, if you're not uh, sure about what you're doing or uh, you're not, let's say you're not profitable, uh, then you have to find ways in order to, to either, you have two options, either to die, you know, to, to close shop or you look, you try to become more creative and say, okay, I'm going to consolidate, I'm going to, uh, I want to save my business, uh, let me tie up with one of, one of the medium size or big players and, and, uh, uh, and become, you know, uh, have a smaller slice of of a big cake uh, rather than, than uh, try to 
uh, use my pride and and, uh, uh, and try to, to keep it going when, when it might not. Do you know another city in the world where there are as many people selling real estate as there are in Dubai? No, no, <coughs> I don't. I, I have been exposed to many markets, I have to say as well. So uh, even in my, my private equity de- uh, days, we did a lot of business in the US, in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, and that was during the, the crisis, uh, also in Southern Florida, uh, where we, we looked at different um, uh, assets in the uh, foreclosed uh, space. Uh, a lot of foreclosures where you literally buy houses for $40,000, $45,000, and their replacement cost is $150,000 or $160,000. It was you know, no-brainer, but at the same time, nobody would put money these days. Everybody was afraid. and. And, uh, and that's what markets are all about, and that's why they're, they, they become exuberant from time to time. Um, and so, so uh, uh, I got exposed to that market, and, and when uh, we were looking, we, we partnered with a company called Point One Holdings based in, in Atlanta, and, and we've, we've deployed funds with them. Uh, they did a fantastic job. Then we sold the portfolio to Blackstone, uh, one of the biggest private equity firms in the world, uh, which, which got exposed to the single-family homes market as well. So during that time, <coughs> the U.S. is the biggest giant you know, in, in, in the world in, in terms of its economy or its size or you know, whatever you might uh, think of. I looked at uh, not only statewide, but also countrywide, um, at, at, and, and I worked with different brokers. I have not seen a city quite like Dubai with the number of brokerage uh, companies and, and actual brokers. Um, the city doesn't, you know, it has <coughs> 3 million people. Um, you don't have uh, enough supply and enough of a market to, to, uh, to feed everyone. That's why many, many are, are shutting down. It's not, it's, 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 uh, um, there is no uh, secret formula about it. It's just uh, pure, whether it's physics or, or chemistry or biology or whatever <laughs> it is, it just can't work. I think that, that, that most people that set a business up fail because of a few things. Number one, they don't know what they're getting into. Yeah, they're underestimating um, the market. Uh, yeah, their ego is is bigger than the cash, the checks they're trying to cash in many cases. But they not having the the skills that yeah. they need to be able to run any business, let alone a real estate business, I think is where a lot of them go wrong. They, they kind of have some success as a salesperson in yeah. a brokerage and then, you know what? I'm not gonna give away 40, 50% yeah. of my comms, I'm gonna set up on my own. Yeah. When they set those businesses up, they realize very quickly that not only uh, that 40, 50% was being used wisely by their previous employer, but now they have to use that 50% Absolutely. wisely themselves. Yeah. Um, so I find it fascinating when I look at your industry and see the ones that are getting it right. Yeah. Um, un, uh, you, you're all doing something rather similar, yeah. okay? Your background's different to most yeah. people, but you're all doing something similar. And the ones that are doing it wrong are all doing exactly the same thing wrong. Yeah. Like literally exactly yeah. the same yeah. thing wrong. And I find it fascinating that people are paying the large amounts of money that they do for leads. Yeah. Um, and companies know it's a lot of money they spend on leads, yet they don't spend the time um, teaching the staff how to convert those leads. Yeah. So that for me is fascinating. Absolutely. Now, when we talk about um, the business, we have to include social media. Yeah. 
um, my audience has, has grown over the last few years since yeah. I've been doing what I, I do. So, that, so yeah. yeah, I have mine. Kudos and, to you. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, whereas when I first started doing either yeah. podcasts or interviews or trying to get yeah. people on my show, it'd be, I'd be literally having to drag them, yeah. <laughs> you know, convince yeah. them, and, you know, and sometimes like imagine. twist their arm to get them on the show. Nowadays, everybody says yes yeah. because of, of the exposure that it gives them <laughs> as well as the, as the benefit they get of being associated yeah. with it. A good example was you, Abdullah. Would you come on the show? Yes, yeah, Spence, of course yeah. I will. Yeah. Um, Tell me what role it plays in, in, in real estate today in terms of you and your brand. Okay. Well, I think social media is an essential part of any company's growth. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an undisputed uh, uh, player in any digital strategy that any company may have. Uh, and that, that for sure could, could um, uh, take companies from one place to, to a completely different uh, players making it, uh, uh, you know, uh, a whole new, taking it to a whole new level. What I, I struggle with and I, I fear that, that you know, I, I could fall in, in a trap and, and social media is where, you know, you can portray um, yourself as, you know, as your brand where you can then become uh, conflicted. So when you say, okay, well, uh, I am Abdullah, uh, I am 38, I love uh, music and I love uh, watching movies and, and uh, uh, I love swimming with my kids, um, but then uh, uh, Driven Properties is the best company in the world. You know, this is where you become conflicted. You know, you, you, you're either you, in, in social media, you're either your own personal brand, um, and you know, uh, this is me in my personal life, or okay, this is my business. Then it becomes a different story. It's it's, it's my company account. Okay, this is Driven Properties, and I promote Driven Properties from that. Uh, from that account, similar to Bill, you, you, you never see Bill Gates promoting Microsoft. Mm -hmm. he, he talks about uh, entrepreneurship. He talks about uh, his foundation, philanthropy. Uh, yeah, yeah, philanthropy as well. So, so, uh, but never about Microsoft or what you know why Microsoft is the biggest giant in the world and how it grew its market cap. Um, um, Hamid Al Irian and, and financial markets as well. So, you know, it, it, it's uh, again you look at at what leaders are doing. And you realize, okay, these guys are doing it right. Um, so, and and the reason, for example, I don't uh, do social media is, is it's very, very, very easy to fall into that trap where, you know, you you would, you know, it's it's, it's tempting to talk about your business, you know, or, or some success that you've had in your business through your even through your personal uh, uh, social media account. Um, but you know, uh, the the uh, practice has shown that. This is not how it should be done, and and uh, uh, I think the way social media should be used is wisely and uh, through the the official uh, uh, norms, where basically you have your company account and that promotes your business for the right reasons, uh, so that you know the audience understands that okay, this is the business you're promoting it. This is a promotion. But if I am Abdullah and I'm an influencer and people listen to me and I promote. Uh, uh, my company, this becomes, uh, uh, you know. Uh, okay, but I understand what you're coming from, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. Yeah. What what I notice, and uh, my observations are, are that mm -hmm. most companies with their corporate social media strategy, it's built out around trying to sell stuff. Yeah. You know, if you go to most companies, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook pages, they're just trying to sell product. And I think that's wrong. And yeah. I think that's absolutely wrong. And, and uh, I, I think the, the, uh, the companies uh, or corporate social media accounts uh, should be uh, telling a story, should be telling uh, who you are as a brand and, and what your brand is all about, what your core values are, and 
Um, obviously, selling stuff is not is not necessarily wrong, but you don't do it all the time. You do you know you you do it uh, as as part of of you know because you again you, as a company you have values. You are a brand. Uh, you have to do philanthropy. You have to do uh, a charity. You have to do a CSR. You also have to uh, tell us who you are, uh, what your story, what you know, what your 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 values are. You know what's your your uh, uh, core. Uh, strategy uh, looks like and also you know mix that with with your product I don't think that's that's necessarily wrong but it shouldn't be just that that's for sure um, and and uh, uh, you I think I think uh, that's where there's there you know you can with social media in particular you fall into a lot of traps and it's very difficult to erase uh, uh, you know what? What's but you got you, with another thing though. You got two issues because not only are you trying to promote a brand to the essentially the end user, the buyer of yeah. your products or service, but you're also trying to promote your brand to uh, people that you can um, attract that are the right people for your industry, your yeah. your company. Yeah. And so you've got to kind of play both of those those objectives out, haven't you? Correct. Yes. Um, and. Um, when when we think about who we're going to work for, I mean, I, I hear lots of lots of business owners say the amount of candidates that come for an interview yeah. that interview us yeah. rather than we interview them. <laughs> absolutely, good candidates end up <laughs> interviewing you. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's uh, that's that's where the market is is heading. You know, uh, good talent. They want to make sure they're with the right leaders and they're 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 in the right. Ha, do you know what? Most leaders in business, and we'll stick stick with real estate, aren't demonstrating in a way that they can consume, i.e. the potential candidate can consume. They aren't demonstrating with their social media content that they are the person. So the the interesting thing for me is you've got your business, your brand, okay, am I going to work, you know, and okay, Microsoft's a massive organization and Driven's one of the bigger real estate companies in, but we're not talking about thousands of employees. You are still the head of your business. And if I'm going to go and work for a company with the size of yours, I want to know about you. I want to know about, I want to know about you as a human being and the value that you bring. Well, when am I going to go and get, you know, if I don't know you, when am I going to get dinner with you? When am I going to get lunch with you? When am I going to get a chance to, you know, hang out with you and go smoke a shishi with you? I'm not. So what do I do? I do, which I do most of the time is I pick my phone up and I stare at content Mm -hmm. and I'll find out from the content that I consume whether Abdullah Mm -hmm. Is the kind of guy that I that, that I know will inspire me yeah. and be the guy I want to be like. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? It does. It does. Yes. Uh, but I also think that that you know when your brand tells a story, um, it, it doesn't become just about the leader. It becomes about the environment. It becomes about the the culture. Uh, I, I think uh, people like to work at Google or Apple because of the culture. Um, you know, and yeah, the leadership is, is one part of it, of course, an essential part of it. But the culture is what people, what drives people into the. Into but the did they when Google was a hundred people strong? Y- y- I, 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 I don't exactly, know. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's, it wasn't. But then this is what you try to build as a business, and this is what you try to portray as a story. So your story is, you know, your 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 you 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 know, you the company uh, built its own culture based on these ethics, these values, these core strategies or core values and. And, uh, and with that in mind, uh, this, this was built and this is our culture and this is how it looks like. And uh, um, if you, you know, this is the environment you're going to be in. Uh, this <coughs> culture was, you know, was built bec- you know, uh, as, as a result of, uh, partly as a result of what leadership has, has, uh, uh, has created. Um, and if you're happy with that environment, this is where you belong. Um, it shouldn't always be because 
leadership changes also. You know, you, you could have uh, a company today, and then and then you know you you move on into into uh, other things, into other industries. You give uh, a leadership to to uh, to new leaders, to fresh blood. Yeah. Time to time, so. Leadership changes, but the the culture stays. That's that's what what. Uh, well, you got to stay and consider. You got to consider growth of the people that are under you. Yeah. Okay, in your role, but also sometimes it's it, when you are a leader in your company. It's sometimes important to realize what your own limits are. Yeah, yeah. And I don't necessarily mean family limits, but like limit your own skills and and and, and one thousand percent. You, you yeah. might be able to take the company this far, but there might be somebody that can take the company yeah. that far. And that happened to me. Yeah. You know, I got to a certain point with one of my businesses. It was it was like there's someone better. Yeah. And I and can't do. More, you know, for you, I, I don't have the skill to do more. There's, you know, I need to get into, um, you know, a new, you know, uh, a business line or a new vertical within my business. And I know nothing about this vertical, so let me bring someone that can, you know, set up this vertical. And then if they set it up and they know everything else better than me, that's the, that's the person who's going to lead the business going forward. So yeah, you're absolutely right, and and that's why it's. I think it's it should be always be more about culture than leadership, but leadership builds that culture. So, you know, as long as, as that is there, uh, that's what you should be proud of of, uh, of of establishing. Having as many multinationals that work within your business, yeah. h- how difficult is it really? Because I observe this from the outside with yeah. yours and many other companies, yeah. the, the challenge that business owners face having those different cultures together, how, how difficult is it to bring them together and make them essentially a unit? I mean, if you compare yourself to um, another company, which we won't mention that only employs English people yeah. <laughs> that yeah. all seem to be the age of 20 yeah. to 30 yeah. 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 <laughs> um, you can understand how that culture easily works mm-hmm. or is each easily formed but you have a, a, a different setup yeah. I think I touched on this when I met you in your yeah. office actually yeah. and, it, and it really does fascinate me how do you get that to work well first of all this is this is one of the things that actually fascinates me uh, as, as learning new cultures and, and understanding cultures as well um, one of the things that we got uh, into in the last three years is, is the Chinese market it was a, a huge success for us and, and uh, um, you know uh, through that we, I, I interacted with you know hundreds or, or uh, I'd say hundreds or maybe even thousands of Chinese people within whether it's within the organization or uh, uh, partners and then you get to to understand this culture you get to understand their values how they work um, the Africans as well, the Indians, the uh, English people, um, the Australians, the Latin Americans, they all have different um, uh, upbringings. Let's say, you know, the, sometimes the values and the cultures are, are the same, but the upbringings uh, and, and the thought process is different. Integrating all of that is, is and, and understanding it and making it work in an organization is not an easy task, I'll tell you that much. Um, and getting everybody to work together, uh, because in the beginning you will see the French people, you know, having lunch together, the the uh, the Indians having you know dinner together, the Chinese having their own kind of uh, group activity, and and um, uh, but then I think with with uh, uh, again building uh, building and building them up into uh, uh, the culture and, and getting them into integrated to in in uh, uh, the same environment, they will start to to appreciate everyone's. Uh, a skill set and and what they bring to the table just because they have a different culture. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we have people that um, uh, you know a German client calls and then uh, uh, an Egyptian uh, uh, guy answers the phone and and uh, 
he needs he needs help from you know from someone who understands German. He, he takes the phone and goes to his German colleague. Please help me with that client. Uh, you know we, we're we're uh, uh, we, he's, he's trying to ask about this and. That created, and, and in the beginning, we, we used to do that intentionally, where we give different uh, uh, nationalities leads uh, to, to different people so that they can interact also with different cultures as well uh, and, and use their friends and their colleagues to, to help them out you know, with their, with yeah. their, with their uh, customers. Good and idea. Um, and I think, I think that, that, uh, that also helped with, with, uh, uh, you know, with colleagues gelling together today. You know, uh, the, the best friend is, a, is an English guy, uh, a German girl, an Egyptian guy, um, a Pakistani guy. These guys, you know, hang out together all the time. And you're an Iraqi guy as well. So, you know, and they're, they're like, this is, this is one group. And then you have a group of a Chinese guy, an American guy, and a, a Colombian girl, you know. They, they, so you have, you have a, a, a different groups that are, and, and that's fascinating. Have you mastered that by accident? Yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. It wasn't, uh, it's not, it's not, uh, I can't say that uh, I planned. I had a cunning the, plan, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not, um, <laughs> this, is, this is God's uh, uh, thing, but yeah, that, that was all purely by accident. We've heard the term before, same, same, but different, yeah. said around many things. Yeah. Okay, I want to ask you the question about Saudis and Emiratis. Yeah. Okay, culturally, how are they different? Because you're same, same, but different. Yeah, we're very same, same, but different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, the the uh, uh, in England, for example, yeah. we think we're better than the Scottish. Yeah. All right. Yeah, of course, you'll have. All right. And, and and the and the joke is always on the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the English, the Irish, and the Scotsmen. So the, the, we we have that, and I'm sure in lots of yeah. countries that's the same. The Scandinavia do it. Yeah. Okay. Do you have that? No, not necessarily. Look, I think I think the the Saudis and the 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 locals, they're they're. Um, uh, the scale is different, first of all. I mean, in Saudi, where uh, there's uh, 21 or 22 million Saudis, um, and I, I think there is about three or four million Emiratis. Uh, so it's it's uh, the scale is, is is vastly different. So you have uh, in Saudi, you have a different. You know, if you go to to people from the south, sometimes you can't even communicate with them. You know, me as someone who comes from the center, uh, it's very difficult for me to communicate with the people from the south because they have a different accent, different. Um, really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not as easy. You think it's you know, even though you're speaking that. So it's all Arabic, but you know their Arabic is very fast, very different. It's like you know, like if, uh, Algerian, for example, Arabic is very difficult to understand, and it's going to be more difficult. I cannot communicate in Arabic with an Algerian pers person. You know, I might as well t talk French or, or English to to <laughs> to speak with them. Uh, but but in in uh, in. Uh, in, in Saudi itself, you have various different cultures. Uh, people from the uh, west, from Jeddah, Mecca, uh, their accent is closer to the Egyptian, you know. So it's it's, uh, but it's understandable for me, for example, because again, Jeddah is a major city, and there was a lot of interaction between Riyadh and, and Jeddah, and, and the the eastern province is the closest to the UAE. Again, because of its geographic location, my wife's family, for example, they're from the eastern province. Um, they they communicate and they talk very similar to the to the Emiratis in terms of of the accent and and the dialect. Uh, but if you meet someone from the south, close to Yemen, 
um, I, I have a, you know I have a, t- a hard time communicating <laughs> with uh, with these people. But and apart from dialects, how are you different? Um, the the uh, culturally, um, I think it's it's very much the same, and in, in many ways, um, and and uh, and that um, uh, I I think the the. Um, the uh, again, there is there is uh, a, a medium to upper class that is rising, and the U and the and Saudi and in the UAE, um, and within that uh, uh, kind of demographic, um, I think the values are very similar. Um, you had, I would say, and you know, ten years ago or more than ten years ago in Saudi, uh, it was normal to marry for a woman, right? Um, and, and similarly, it was normal to marry four women here in the UAE. Um, you know, fast forward 10 or 15 years, now it's okay, it's, it's, uh, it's legal and it's, it's okay, but it's not uh, practice. It's in practice, it's not normal, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult. So also that progressed in the very same way in, in Saudi and uh, in the UAE where, okay, the norm is as to to have one family and and uh, you know one set um, uh, and and that that evolved over time uh, kind of in the same way so um, I can't think of cultural uh, differences there are a lot of uh, uh, I would say uh, demographic differences and and uh, uh, but in terms of of cultural or or kind of if you look at the overall landscape it's it's very very uh, similar I go for example every Monday to, to uh, um, we have a, a, a little uh, farm, we call it Istiraha in Arabic, which is, which is a, a rest area, which is a, kind of a little farm. And it's a group of, you know, 20 people, whoever is available, they just go there, chit chat and, and uh, have coffee and, and all of that. Um, and it's, you know, I would say there is about four or five Saudis and 15 Emiratis. And this is where I can, I can say, okay, is there differences in, in, in how we think? Is it's very similar, you know, the culture, the values, what we talk about, and, and it's very, very similar. It's it's shockingly similar. Psychographics, behavior is the same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very much so, very much so. I mean, and, and, and by the way, just so that you know, everyone yeah. from the West thinks you lot are mad for having more than one wife. <laughs> <You know what? laughs> we, we couldn't cope with that. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I was I, I just came back from Monaco and uh, about a week ago, and just before I came back, I was sitting in the lobby of my hotel, and uh, a, a Russian guy with his sister were sitting down. Um, so I came back. I came down from my room from the elevator, and and my wife tells me, you know, I'm sitting at this table. There's a ginger ale, and there's my salad in there. So you know the table I'm sitting at. So you can sit. And she was going upstairs to get something. Um, so we so so I sat there. And then this, uh, the, the brother and sister look at me and like, you know, there is a lady sitting here. I'm like, yeah, that's my, my wife. And then we start chit-chatting. Uh, we th- okay, may, uh, we thought there is, there is similarities and, and we thought maybe you're, you're, uh, you're, you're her brother. Did you have your kandura on? Brother and sister. No, no. Okay. We, uh, you don't wear your kandura in, in, uh, where I don't. Uh, outside of... Our, Some people uh, do. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Uh, but... but uh, um, so then we started chatting, and, and then she's like, uh, when I told him it's my wife, she's like, uh, is, is, uh, which wife? The first, the second, the third? <laughs> I'm like, she's the one and only. <laughs> and, and, and uh, uh, you know, I can't cope. How can you cope with, with if this one is a headache? You know, if you have one, <laughs> one, one, one uh, difficulty or, or one, one uh, blessing at the same time, um, <laughs> 
it becomes it becomes uh, uh, how can you have four of those? It becomes very very difficult. And then and then he he answered. I love that we're live. <laughs> he answered. He answered. Um, uh, the difficulty is not having just one one uh, a wife. I can't imagine having four mother-in-laws. <laughs> yeah. Imagine imagine that. So, so uh, uh, it's it's not it's not as as uh, uh, as simple and you know we, we had a very nice chat you know and and you know with my wife she came in later and we had a chat and you know we, we talked about uh, you know the the uh, difficulty in in in, uh, in just managing one wife or the wife managing one husband you know and 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 uh, um, then we said okay we exchanged numbers and and. Uh, I told him, okay, I'll, I will, I will uh, uh, call you when I'm in either Monaco or he lives in Zurich. Uh, so, uh, so it's like, but if I tell you I'm Abdullah from, you know, we met in Monaco, will you know me? He said, tell me you're Abdullah from Saudi, one wife. <laughs> and I will, I will remember you. So, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, the, he was shocked that I only had one wife, you know, and I was like, that's, that's, that's annoying. I don't have any friend that I know that has more than one wife. You know, and I, and I have a big circle of, of, yeah. of friends. It's a maybe, maybe something that happened more so in the past and a previous generation yeah, than true. today. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, this leads me on to another question I have for you, and it's around, um, <laughs> funnily enough, it's around depression. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, having four or five wives would make, yeah. me, make me very depressed anyway. But have you ever had a time, because you, you seem like a really upbeat character, yeah. all right? And, and, and I don't think you portray any different. I'm sure that there are moments that you have, but... Do you have times in your life, or have you had times that have been dark? Uh, I would say yes. There, you, you can't you can't uh, uh, get away from from that. Sometimes um, you know you 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 get these moments, whether you like it or not. Um, you know, we had a I, I had a moment where you know someone was was uh, uh, you know in Saudi talking in, in the social media about you know uh, uh, my company or or not even my company, me personally, and how. Uh, you know, uh, she was a social media inf influencer and, and uh, um, she had a, a holiday homes experience with us where she wanted to stay in one of our apartments and, and you know, she cancelled last minute. Anyway, uh, long story short, uh, she didn't have the best experience in her eyes and, and she decided to, you know, to spam all her followers or, you know, two or three million followers about her experience with, with Driven Holiday Homes, uh, which is one of our sister companies. Um, and you know, and and, uh, uh, and and that was uh, that reached to a lot of people, and even my own very close client said, you know, this person is talking about your company, um, you know, did, 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 and and that was a very dark period of my life where okay, we had to to uh, uh, to to take. How long ago was that? That was about a year and a half, year and a half ago. Now. And how did it make you feel? It was it was very bad. It was. Uh, you I, take it personally. I took it personally because it was it was you know it, it was very personal, uh, and 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 how it was portrayed, um, and and um, I don't know. I've never met the person. I don't know the person. Uh, you know, talking about uh, my company is one thing, but also talking about me or my personality when someone you yeah. don't know is, is, is another. So that that I took very personally. Obviously we had to involve public prosecution in Saudi and uh, uh, we took we took uh, action on, on that the, and, and uh, but that took a very long time but during that period it was it was kind of a dark period of my life. Um, uh, I had to travel for 10 days just to kind of relax and you know calm and and not not uh, you know react negatively. Uh, to that, but you had those moments 
where okay, it's an uh, you know, actions of people shouldn't uh, uh, tick you because you know you shouldn't care, but um, you know psychologically or or emotionally, uh, humans work uh, the same way. Uh, even though you can pretend that you don't care, uh, sometimes it you know there is a human element of you and, and a you know uh, a psyche that works in that way, and um, uh, and you know it it it, uh, it affects you. Um, so yeah, you have <coughs> these moments and. They, they, they make you stronger. They make you much, much stronger, actually. Was there ever a time the business was under threat? In no, terms no, of, no, a lot, from the beginning, any times that you were like, oh, I don't no, know if we're going to make it through this month? Or? No, absolutely. No, no, not at all. Actually, the, the, uh, the only thing is, is that, you know, if, if a person has a lot of, and that's why, you know, sometimes social media is, is, is used in, 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 uh, in the wrong ways. Uh, if if you're an influencer, or if you or you think you're an influencer, and and your words are heard, um, you know it, it's difficult to to uh, uh, to to send the the uh, a different message. All you have to do is is uh, uh, involve uh, uh, you know take take legal action and and let let the the courts take its uh, course. And uh, and then obviously the 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 uh, the uh, audience will know about that and and uh, but then yeah you know that time um, I was sitting in a coffee shop with friends and then you know a very close friend and, and a very you know one of our our major um, uh, clients calls me is like you know but you know what one of uh, this person is is writing this stuff as we speak and that was Snapchat so it was just uh, and he started sending me some. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I was like, okay, I was with my wife and, and a couple of friends, um, and uh, like, okay, I don't know this person. Who is this person? Why are they saying this? And and then I spoke to my uh, uh, the the, the uh, director of of our holiday homes team. I was like, who is this person? Did you have an experience with this? And then she explained to me what happened, <coughs> and okay, I'm like, okay, I understand. But why is she talking about Abdullah? You know, <laughs> um, and. Um, uh, so, so that was that was a negative experience, um, but it was also another eye opener that that uh, opened a lot of uh, doors for you and in terms of how to uh, react to this. Uh, it 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 makes you stronger, and that uh, you know I made you know the first reaction to this was like okay, um, I'm gonna take uh, legal action. Uh, how do we do that? Then I'm like, okay, do we involve a uh, PR company to to try to erase that uh, and 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 uh, uh, get this person to apologize, you know, before uh, uh, we take legal action? And then you know, through that journey, uh, there are a lot of lessons learned, and there are a lot of uh, uh, you know things that we saw. Okay, we thought uh, we should have done this. Uh, differently, but that was done. Uh, this what this what we did four months after was the right thing to do. Uh, the, what we did in the beginning was not the, necessarily the, the the right thing. So through that, when when you have a similar experience, now we know exactly what to do. So with that with that uh, in mind, uh, again, you know everything happens for the right reasons. Um, I think we're now much more well equipped to to uh, 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 to uh, to deal with with circumstances like that. I have. Two stories of stuff that happened to me, but I, I, I believe that it works as following. Out of 100 people, there's going to be 30 people that hate your guts. 
Yeah. There's going to be 30 people that think you're great. Yeah. And there's going to be 40 people that don't give a shit. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and so I lean into the, 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 the 30 people that yeah. really do like what I do. I filmed a video on the balcony here one day and I, I got post after the video was filmed and went online yeah. and there were some guys saying i bet you don't even live on the effing yeah. palm and this and that you must be a b yeah. this and a yeah. c that yeah. really nasty yeah. and i and i just looked at it i thought how do i respond to that and and back when i first got negative stuff online i was like you it yeah. completely destroyed me yeah. now it doesn't bother me yeah. but i go for a walk once a week with a friend of mine yeah. on the palm we just take a stroll at sunset at sunset yeah. and we went for a stroll and there was a guy walking towards us we were on e it was on f front okay and he this guy walked towards us we weren't paying any attention and as he walked past us he stopped he went are you spencer lodge yeah and i'm like yeah i am nice to meet you thinking obviously he's seen me online yeah. nice to meet you how are you he said and um, the other night I was drunk and I wrote something really nasty, he oh. said, and it was about the fact that I didn't think you lived on the palm. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? And I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, he said, and I just want to say I'm sorry. Clearly you do because you're walking around here. Yeah, and uh, it was that when there was another guy that said to me one day, he wrote something nasty. And I said, look, if my content doesn't work for you, yeah. no problem. Tell me how I can improve it. Yeah. He then responds, yeah. okay, I've been sat on the toilet for the last hour trying to delete this message. <laughs> I've never trolled anyone in my life and this is the first time. I'll never do it again. <laughs> Please, can you delete it for me? Yeah. Yeah. So you get people out there that, 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 that become keyboard warriors yeah. And, yeah, and, and they feel that, they, they feel that there's, um, there's no recourse. Yeah. They feel Absolutely. that they have every right to do so and, and obviously there is. Yeah. Tell, tell me about your, your daily rituals, yeah. okay? You're, you're a successful guy and, and you've come from a structured learning environment with mum being a teacher and stuff. It, it, do you have some things that are non-negotiable with your life every day? Do you have things, you know, I get up at 4 or 4.30 yeah. and I'm in the yeah. gym at 5 and that's yeah. non-negotiable. Yeah. Is there stuff that you do? Well, uh, time with my kids is, is essential. Uh, so it's either uh, taking them to school in the morning uh, or uh, coming, coming from work earlier, uh, just before they sleep. Um, I have a seven-year-old and a six-year-old. Um, both of them are uh, uh, two boys, and, and uh, uh, I love spending time with them, whether it's swimming with them, you know, playing games uh, with them, video games and, and uh, uh, you know, activities. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, if I don't take them to school in the morning, uh, I, I come back from work early so that I spend time with them. Um, so that's, that's unnegotiable. Uh, one of the things that... that uh, that I have uh, differences sometimes with my wife on is, you know, when we're, when we're at, uh, just before we sleep, I like the TV on. That's what gets me to sleep, you know? <laughs> oh, really? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so the TV helps you fall asleep? Yeah. What, anything on? Anything. So I have to, you know, I put Netflix on, I watch something, and then I, you know, I fall asleep watching, while watching something. And my wife is a complete opposite. So, so what I have to do, I have to wait for her to, to, to fall asleep and then put the volume down, start watching, and then that will get me to sleep. That's non-negotiable. <laughs> so, so, so if you go to the movies, do you fall asleep? No, no, I, I, no, that's because it's at night. That just helps me fall asleep, but okay. it doesn't necessarily just it makes me sleep. Okay. Uh, but it's, uh, uh, and, and if I don't have a TV in my room, it has to be like a loud AC or something. You know, I have to have some noise. Oh, wow. I, I, I like noise. I, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Because when I, I grew up in Africa and in Nigeria, we used yeah. to have like, um, uh, the AC used to vibrate a lot, yeah. the ones in the hole in the wall. Oh, that, that's great. And, and that for me was great. It's like it was, a massage. You feel it yeah. in your body. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny how yeah, that yeah, works yeah. like that? And, but whenever the TV's on, yeah. for me, or I'm at the movies, yeah. I fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't yeah, matter. It's almost like I get narcolepsy <laughs> from it. So that's really interesting. <laughs> the same way. Oh, okay. Yeah. What else? 
Um, Tell me so, about something business related. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, every uh, every day I I, uh, uh, I have to, in, in the morning, I have to visit every single director and, and uh, follow up on business. Monday, we have a, a management meeting every every uh, morning. Um, these things are, are non-negotiable. Sunday meeting with the team is non-negotiable. Um, we, we uh, uh, you know, my, my uh, assistant, does my schedule uh, every day, and uh, uh, I, I try to to have as little uh, uh, work and, and operations as possible, and as many meetings as possible. Because I realize that that uh, uh, you get more done through uh, meeting people, and, and and that's what my role has has kind of evolved to, uh, rather than managing operations. So I do that for maybe one hour in the morning, just just you know, uh, making sure that the leaders are are doing what they're doing or the drivers we call them internally so you are the you are the leasing driver you are the uh, sales driver you are the uh, you know uh, so a marketing driver so we i pass by all the drivers and and uh, uh, make sure that they're doing what they're doing uh, and and everything is under control everything that we you know the, the meetings that i've had whether it's with them and clients over the past week are yielding results and and uh, new mandates and and uh, and all of that and and i try to uh, to limit my, my, you know, that that work for about one hour in the uh, in the early morning, um, and then after that, I dedicate my time to meetings throughout the day, uh, meeting new clients, uh, opportunities. So just do do client work. Uh, clients, I mean, as as in uh, uh, when we as a company, what makes us different, I think, as uh, than than others, is that we're very much uh, project driven. So we we. Uh, uh, what we do is we source projects to our our uh, our uh, uh, staff uh, for our 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 agents to to sell. So rather than um, the agents going out and, and trying to procure listings, which is part of what they do, we actually uh, go and take on exclusive projects to to uh, uh, to get them to to sell. So that's that's my duty with the team to go out and source mm -hmm. these projects, put in the weight of the brand and the team. To actually source these projects, uh, get these projects, and and uh, and move on with them. Okay, got it. Understood. I really appreciate you taking time to talk to me. Yeah, Have you enjoyed it? It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. It it, was really good. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, Excellent yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, pleasure. Yeah. If people want to get hold of you and uh, reach out to you, I noticed on your business card your mobile phone number's not there. Okay. Well, it's zero. What, why? No, <laughs> no. Don't tell everyone now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. No, is, is there a reason your number's not... No, I'm, I'm very easily reachable. I mean, it's, it's How do you prefer them to reach you? Email is my favorite, uh, uh, is, is my favorite mean to, to, uh, to being reached. Um, my, and, and, and it's the quickest I, I respond to. Um, really? It's more than, more than... In many cases, my mobile is with my assistant. Uh, so chances are I won't answer. Um, and, uh, so your mobile phone is with your assistant. In many cases, yes. Yeah. So when Tom, when I'm when I'm uh, in a meeting, I give it to my assistant uh, because I, I don't like not answering people. Uh, so if it's if, if I'm in a meeting, she answers. She and and then uh, uh, tells them that I'm, I'm in a meeting and and uh, okay, uh, I'll call back within this time. And you frame. communicate by email. I communicate. Yeah, okay. my my favorite is email. Um, WhatsApp, I can guarantee you if I open my WhatsApp now, there's 20 or 25 messages. So, yeah. you know, by the time I answer all of them, that's going to be 6 p.m. today. Yeah. Uh, also running uh, through my, my meetings. Um, so, uh, uh, but uh, emails is, is my priority to, to answer. Even though there, even if there is something in WhatsApp that's more important than in an email, I just, you know, it, it's just a habit that because I'm, maybe I'm more traditional, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I, 
I uh, I use uh, interesting. That's the last thing I open. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first <laughs> thing I open. So so okay, uh, so people can get hold of you by email. Okay, what's your email? Uh, Abdullah at drivenproperties.ae. Nice and easy. Yeah, Abdullah yeah. at Driven Properties. We'll put the link on there. Yeah. Thanks very much for joining us on the show. Yeah, with pleasure. Hope you've enjoyed this live episode of the Spencer Lodge podcast that's been brought to you in conjunction with our partners from Najahi. And if you don't know who Najahi are, but you don't know who Tony Robbins is, get your tickets and make sure you attend Tony Robbins' event on September the 3rd. Are you going to see Tony Robbins? I will hope that I do. Yeah. Excellent I'm stuff. Okay. Party. Thanks very much for your time, guys. Thanks for staying live with us. Abdullah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks, thanks so much for your time. Pleasure.